The virtual CISO moment is brought to you by VCISO Services, a leading provider of quality and experienced virtual chief information security officers for small and mid-sized businesses. Check them out at vcisoservices.com. Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the virtual CISO moment. I've got Nick Santoro with me today. He is the CEO of Curricula. Nick, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Greg. So I'd like to hear a little bit about your background. I'm, I'm fascinated to hear more about Curricula, but how did you get into information security? And then how did you become an entrepreneur and enter into the, uh, into the um, security awareness space? Oh, yeah. It's a long story through all of it. But basically, I was into security you know, at a super young age, 10 years old. We were starting companies, skateboard companies. And that evolved into uh, starting a couple other businesses before curricula. And then ultimately, where I worked at the uh, federal regulator for the power grid in North America, an agency called NERC. I was there for about seven years. That's where I saw the problem. I was a cybersecurity advisor, expert, investigator, auditor, you name it, dealing with critical infrastructure and protecting the grid from hackers. And what I saw was a ton of investment, tens of millions of dollars going into cybersecurity appliances, software, you name it. But when it came time to educating people about all of these complex things, it was Sally or Michael from HR putting together a PowerPoint and hoping for the best. And <laughs> I think that is a pretty obvious miss. So I decided, hey, what better person to start an education company on this topic for this industry than myself and uh, brought together a group of guys. And we uh, essentially attacked it from two angles, from how do we get the expertise and knowledge that is communicated in the right way, but then how do we make it fun? And then we brought together uh, brand experts from you know, the creative industry doing projects and kind of brand awareness, things like that. And we said, if we can marry cybersecurity and storytelling together into one product and, and mission, then we got something special. And that's what we did. So you started this in 2015? Correct. March of 2015. And was that, was that when the product was first launched or, or was there a lag between when you started and when the product was launched? Oh yeah. That was the, uh, we announced it because I couldn't work on anything while I was at the agency. So we just announced it said, Hey, we're here, we're building this thing. And there was some regulations coming the following year. So a lot of work in that first year and a lot of uncertainty, but you know, it, it, it went pretty quick and we got our first customer, I think, in November of that first year. And then every year after that, we evolved uh, year over year into expanding to every other industry. Okay. So I'm probably going to pepper you with questions like that seem to come out of left field here and there, because that's just, I kind of get scatterbrained sometimes, but information security awareness is one of my passions. Um, first, first question comes to mind. You talk about different industries. What industries do you serve or are you pretty much industry agnostic? Everyone, yeah. So from casinos to healthcare, startups, CPA firms, finance groups, uh, you name it, every type of business we are supporting in one way or another, all trying to solve the same problem of better security cultures. And the type of training that you offer, is it uh, limited to awareness or do you go down the path of different um, uh, frameworks or, or talk a little bit more about your offerings, please? Yeah, so they, you know, we started with NERC SIP. That was kind of the focus was cybersecurity education for utilities. And they had a formal training and an awareness requirement under the regulation, which made it a little easier to 
describe to, to that industry. But then, you know, what we do today is we essentially have an in-house animation studio. So you'll see all the characters in the background here. And our animation studio custom curates and makes every episode. And these episodes teach employees about every topic that they need to know about in the everyday world that we automatically assume they have this knowledge. And what we're trying to do is break this down into storytelling. So everything from social engineering, ransomware, physical security, clean desk policies, you name it. Uh, and then we also add on other things like GDPR uh, awareness. We have PCI awareness. We have uh, episode on SOC 2 awareness, which is now becoming a super popular topic. And then we continue to build towards frameworks that are coming our way, whether we like it or not. And then for anything that we don't have inside of our platform or we will never create, uh, such as like, I don't know, a weird chemical compliance framework for California, um, then we have an in-app custom content building tool. So any organization could go in there, drag and drop. It's super easy. You can grab our characters, upload videos, quizzes, and launch it inside of the same engine uh, all in a couple of minutes for any custom training. Okay, I'm going to return to the grabbing of characters comment in just a moment as far as how to build that. But um, so part of my background is I was a bank CISO for several years. And, and I, th- I think it would be fair to say that the finance industry was ahead of the game with regards to information security awareness training for their employees because of regulatory reasons. And, and, and we, we just had to do it. But boy, were those courses dry. I mean... So it became a check the box exercise, almost literally where, okay, here comes now, I got to take this course this quarter. How can I get through this thing as fast as possible and click, 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 get through all the slides. And I mean, they tried to make it a little bit um, interesting by bringing up scenarios, but they were really not the best actors. I guess you would say like D-list actors that were playing roles in banks and so forth. And the bottom line is I never saw the best engagement, um, not only from myself, but also from the staff with regards to the solution we were using. I would think that customer client personnel engagement at that first is foremost for an effective security awareness program. Would you agree with that? I would agree. I mean, there's over well over 100 security awareness companies in this world and probably mm-hmm. growing every day. Um, that's fine. I mean, if you can make a PowerPoint, you're a security awareness company. So the way we look at the problem is uh, not only to build a security culture, there's a couple things that need to happen. And yes, it's keep the attention for the short term, but it's more important to keep the attention for the long term and keep something in the back of everyone's mind that is going to change their attitudes and behaviors forever. And it's a game that you just you can't win. It doesn't end. And if we want people to get really good at this stuff, then we have to treat them like they're people and stop treating them like they're robots with just text going in one side and interpreting it the other way. So a lot of what we try to focus on is what, is, what are these employees going to do when no one's looking at them? So when there's not a compliance audit, they're not compliance training, they're not going through a check the box exercise, and they confront real life experiences and have to make real life decisions on their own. If they can't do that with confidence, then your security awareness program is essentially designed to be a compliance approach versus an actual attitude change. 
So we talked a little bit before we started the recording of, uh, on the video side, at least in your background, you've got a couple of characters here and, and, and you've talked a little bit about storytelling and dropping characters in and all of that. And to me, that sounds like that that's one of the ways that you might say that you're different from um, some of the other approaches. Could you expand on, on, on how you leverage storytelling to hold, to get and hold that short and long-term interest? It's, it's really important. It's, yeah, you're right. It's the number one reason people uh, leave all their other vendors and come to us is because we don't buy or license content from someone else. We build everything in-house. Um, so the way we use our storytelling approach is kind of like the curriculaverse. So there's a town called Curriculaville. It's where all the characters live. And you'll watch these episodes and you'll get to know certain types of characters are repeating, certain villains are there, certain heroes are involved. And the goal is almost like your favorite TV show on Netflix or Hulu or Disney Plus, you're kind of watching adventures and you anticipate and look forward to these other episodes. That's what happens with employees. They'll see these characters like, I can't wait to see what happens next. I can't wait to see what adventure they go on. So not only are we building from there, but we also custom curate and create our own music to go along with all of the episodes. Um, but one thing that's really special about us is we have this character on my shirt, uh, Dee Dee. So she's a little five-year-old villain hacker. You'll see her in the episode. She's, she's pretty sour, right? She hacks her, her friend's parents. She goes after people all the time. And uh, so she's kind of this, this little girl, but on the other end, she is super smart. So she has this little under her bed, she goes under this layer and she has this whole hacking studio where she'll go uh, send phishing emails out from there and use that as a little playground. And what's unique about us is uh, you'll see this right in the episodes, but in real life, uh, Dee Dee actually runs our phishing simulator. So when you get caught by a phishing simulation test and click on it, you actually get caught by Dee Dee. And now you're in the storyline in the real world. And you could even go as far as reporting Dee Dee. So if you see some suspicious email, you could set it up with curricula, forward that email to this mailbox, and then uh, she'll write back to you like, hey, you got me. Nice job. You know, stay on your toes for next time. And this experience, although it sounds kind of crazy on the front end, it is the difference on why we're so effective changing behaviors in the long haul, because attitudes change every time they see an email from that moment on. And that's what makes it special. You know, that's actually really cool. I, I, so, so, cause for most products, the, the phishing component is usually completely separate. So you fish, you click, you get, you go to a page and so on and so forth, but never, I've never heard or seen a, a combination of uh, inserting it into the training universe. So I, I like that. And, and I, I have always liked the idea of storytelling. Now I'm going to date myself just by, by saying <laughs> this, but back when I was a kid, uh, in the in the in the 70s the, on Saturday morning they had something called Schoolhouse Rock and yeah. that is how I learned some of um, basic things in life uh, in life like uh, how how a bill becomes a law and I can still almost sing the like I'm only a bill on Capitol yeah, Hill. Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. and 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 so I I say all that to emphasize that I totally get the idea of the storytelling approach in order to try to raise and maintain that awareness. What sort of um, metrics do you use to track the effectiveness of your programs? Yeah, and it's important, the storytelling component, you're right, that uh, I'm just a bill, you know, yeah. on Capitol Hill. It's, it's all these different things that are mental markers that are being created, but um, when, from the scientific approach, when you listen to stories, there's a part of your brain called the insula. 
And the mm -hmm. insula activates when being told a story as if you're experiencing it in real life. So um, there's a way to communicate through storytelling that is actually uh, allows you to kind of uh, recall information better than just a piece of text on a slide. So the way we look at kind of data, right, in the big ecosystem here is that uh, we're relying too much on just spitting numbers out of a machine. And the way I try to look at this problem is go to your HR teams and say, how do you measure culture? What's the number that spits out of the machine? And they don't have an they don't have numbers that spit out of machines. So right. you can do a qualitative assessment and ask questions and then create numbers out of that for the quantitative results. But um, there's a couple components for security awareness. I look at uh, training records is like the bare minimum, right? It's just, are people doing things? That, that's kind of a no brainer. Then you have phishing test results. So you got click rates and things like that. You got report rates from people, but then you have this other stuff. The other stuff is what I love to focus on. This is kind of contextual behaviors, things happening in the organization that you can't just like put a number on it. So these are people talking about security. These are Slack channels set up to start having conversations about it. These are um, interactions amongst teams that never interacted before about security. All of these things are the things that we look forward to. And when we hear them from an organization saying this happened or someone sends us a screenshot of like saying, you know, hey, hacker, go F yourself or something like that, that gets me excited because this is what change an attitude of a, an employee or a group of employees. This is the qualitative stuff that you'll never see on a dashboard somewhere, but that's what actually makes the difference. So um, probably not the best answer on like just getting a perfect number out of the equation, but that's why security awareness is so hard. And that's why it takes a good set of partners and tools and teams to do it right. No, I, I completely agree. And, and that's kind of a difficult question to, to ask and to answer because I, I, I have, I have stood on my soapbox and talked about the ineffectiveness and the meaningless of numeric metrics, particularly when you try to when you try to present numeric metrics as if they actually are some sort of meaningful quantitative amount uh, idea. And really, I always see the measurement, if you will, maybe that's a bad word, of change is the change in culture that you were just talking about. I had a uh, uh, guest on a few few weeks ago, someone that uh, really uh, great in the risk management field, uh, Clark Cummings. We talked about the concept of everyone is a risk manager, and and the idea behind that concept is you want to slowly change the culture of an organization so that they understand the risks involved. And the same thing with information security awareness risks. So um, I like that approach very much. It's um, Unfortunately, sometimes we'll get auditors that ask for, well, you know, can you tell us how effective the program is? Well, then you can also, I guess, go to the other side. Well, here's, here's the incidence of real decline in where we've actually had someone click on an email, for example, and gotten ransomware, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So in the information security awareness arena, and we might have already touched on this a little bit, but if you were to wrap it up for small and mid-sized businesses, what is their major challenge now? Is it is it simply just finding a program that is going to be effective enough to change the culture or something else? For a small business, um, I would just say disorganization and lack of focus is probably the biggest, scariest thing for, for what I see. Uh, I, I predict personally in the next five years, it's going to be really hard to do business as a small business if you're not going to pay attention to this stuff. Why? Because the world's changing. 
right? With GDPR and CCPA and now a federal version of a privacy law potentially coming, uh, speaking of bills, um, there's just too much to be on top of. And why is all this happening? It's because we abused and misused data at scale. So now the way that businesses will work in the future, if not already, is that if you're going to do business with anyone, they're going to ask you about your security and privacy practices. And I think why these regulations are starting to pop up like popcorn left and right is because people are not only abusing it, they're lying, right? They're lying on questionnaires. They're lying about their security practices. And I think everyone's just sick and tired of people lying. So it doesn't matter if you're a massive enterprise or a super small three-person business, you can't ignore this anymore. So what I'm focused on for an SMB is that they're going to have to figure it out, right? If you can't do it yourself, go get a channel partner that can do it for you. Yeah, that about the questionnaires. I know that there's a lot of SMBs that get questionnaire fatigue, but to your point, particularly like if you're answering one for cyber insurance, if you ever misrepresent on there and you have to file a claim, they're going to come and, and verify that those controls were in place. And if you were, we used to use the term pencil whipping, um, the answers, you, your claim's probably going to be denied. And, that, and, and, and conversely, if there's a data breach and a partner had sent you a questionnaire and you misrepresented or were overly optimistic maybe, um, in your in your approach to it, that could cause problems as well too. Yep. So it's a very stressful arena, information security, and coupled with the idea of starting and growing a business as an entrepreneur, what what are what do you do to to decompress to get away from it, or do you live this twenty four seven three sixty five? Oh, for me, I, I live at 24-7-365, um, but I've learned to manage it, right? Set boundaries and timelines. And we've, we've gotten to enough scale now where we have other people doing um, things that I typically had to do in the early days. But things I like to do to disconnect, I've, I've played soccer since I was a little kid. I play every week. Uh, that's a nice little session. I go to the gym. Um, my wife and I play Super Mario together. Uh, and that's our way to kind of laugh and disconnect and kind of you know, enjoy some time. And then, uh, I don't know, I just always dabble in just different things. I just love creating new ideas and thinking of new ways that things could be improved. So uh, the mind never stops, even though, you know, that might stress people out. That's kind of my way to calm down. Um, but yeah, you got to, because otherwise you get caught up in the machine and then, you know, you, you stress yourself out and that disconnect is an absolute necessity. Yeah, one of the things that I've found in, in my career is, is that you, without a doubt, need to, um, you need to take care of yourself so that you can take care of everything else. And I'm a big proponent about getting, doing something physical every day, even if it's just like walking around the block and getting some blood flow in. And I think it helps with creativity as well, too. So Wisdom um, walks, I call those. So in the <laughs> early days, walks. I go... I go on walks in Atlanta. Uh, that's where I'm headquartered here, uh, right in Midtown. There's a park called Piedmont Park, and then it's connected to a thing called a Beltline, which is just a really long uh, stretch that is, I think, like four miles or something. So I would go back and forth, listen to audio, think, and that uh, that's where probably all these crazy ideas have come from, is just those wisdom walks. Wisdom walks. I am going to hold on to that. I love that. Do I need to pay you for that? <laughs> I don't think so. I just made it up as a joke one day and I kept saying it. And now everyone kind of says, oh, Nick's on his wisdom walk. So it's just uh, one of those things. So feel free awesome. to use it. 
Um, so curricula has, has, has grown. Um, how large are you now? We're only 15 employees, um, but we serve over 7,000 organizations now wow. across the world. And, and uh, what's the average? What do you, do you focus? I know we talked about industries before, but large, small, anything? Uh, anything, but all, all focused on small, right? We have some really big players and that, that's okay, right? We service them. Um, they're just not our wheelhouse or our bread and butter. The, the real focus for us is uh, the SMB um, we work with channel partners as well, but mostly focused on small businesses that are trying to figure this out. So we designed our platform to be uh, set up in about 15 minutes by a non-IT expert. That's the goal. Uh, after you set up the, the sync to your directory provider of choice, you should be able to turn on the training and launch everything in a couple clicks and not have to be a whiz or get a certification to figure out how to use this thing. Um, and the big reason we've seen thousands of organizations flocked to us in the past uh, six or seven months here is we launched our free version of curricula in November of last year. And that allows every organization up to a thousand employees at each organization run curricula for free. So you get access to our most popular training episodes, our fishing simulator with a, a couple of fishing templates. You get to build your own custom content, get detailed compliance reports all for free forever. Wow. And uh, future plans for curricula continue on your growth path? Yeah, and then the future plans is keep expanding. So once you get to that stage where you get beyond the SOC 2 compliance and you realize I got to do more and I got to do this every month, well, then that free plan, you kind of outgrow that pretty quickly. So our plans with curricula is uh, just make this the outstanding, most fun training that ever existed in this world. And in order to do that, it takes a, takes a team, right? So we are really, really focused on the product and the mission to capture the minds and attention of every employee in this world in one way or another. Wow. Very good stuff. The website is uh, curricula.com or what's the website? Did I have to have it right? Yes. Curricula.com. Okay. I see one of the things that I have to learn is to bring up the website prior to starting. Cause I, I did the same thing last week. I'm like clicking. I'm like, ah, I should have gotten to it beforehand. So, all right. Well, Nick, really appreciate your time today. Curricula.com is the website. Uh, it's storytelling, information security awareness sounds sounds very interesting. I think I might know a virtual CISO firm that might want to talk to you a little bit about this sort of stuff. Awesome. So, Nick, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. All right. Stay secure, everyone.